ladies, and welcome to Woman to Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Denise hanks and I'm excited about today's show, episode 45, season four. Today, we honor Dr. Maya Angelou. Develop enough courage so that you can stand up for yourself and then stand up for somebody else. Maya was a civil rights activist, poet, and author, known for her acclaim, The Cage Bird Say, honoring her black history. Today I have with me my guest. Her name is Joy Larkin, and I must make a plug. Her middle name is Denise. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> so, and Joy is a life coach. And I'm excited to have her today. Uh, we're going to be talking about narcissistic behavior, tendencies, the red flags, and how Joy will basically help you to deal with that. And she'll be speaking from a place of pain where she was and where she is now in a place of healing and bringing healing to others. Joy, say hello to our listening audience and our viewing audience. Hi, everyone. How are you guys doing today? (laughs) Joy, tell us a little bit about your business and then we'll go into more detail on the topic on today. Yes. So it is um, called Live Narc Free. Um, and I help people overcome narcissistic abuse at Live Narc Free. So tell us something about it. What made you start that? What brought uh, you to place? Yeah, so pretty much um, I had um, several relationships. Uh, one with my aunt. She was a narcissist. I lived with her for five years when I was in Los Angeles. And I was dealing with a guy at the time while living with my aunt. I met him on Twitter, interesting to say. Um, and he was a narcissist as well. So that's really the main reasons why I wanted to, you know, help people overcome narcissistic abuse because all of the pain, the heartbreak that I felt, you know, it just inspired me to change, to be a positive change, you know, not to let it get me down and have, keep me down. So, but you, yeah. you said something. So I, I want to dive into a little bit. So your aunt was narcissistic as well, had narcissistic behavior tendencies, and so did, um, because oftentimes we hear about narcissistic behavior, we just think of just certain relationship, right? right. So it's, it, but it's beyond that. It's also mm-hmm. other family members as well. What yes. was that like living with your aunt? Um, originally, I'm a native of Delaware, and when I was, when I just turned 17, my brother, he unfortunately, he got stabbed. And, um, you know, my mom and my dad, we all went in a panic and a shock. That was the most devastating day of our lives when he um, passed. And my dad told me that I had two choices. He said I could either stay with him in Rockford, which is where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he but he said I could go and live with my aunt in California. And I was young. I was thinking, like, oh, California, nice weather, right? <laughs> Who doesn't want to be in California? I've been here right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was a very... Um, challenging time in my life. I felt alone a lot. Um, I never felt as if I could feel my feelings. I felt like the odd child. I, I never felt like I was a part of the family and just very mean and controlling. Um, so it was definitely a time in my life where I was sad. Wow. Very young. Yes. Five years. Five long years. And felt like there was no, no escape, right? No escape, and I was thinking, like, oh, wow, like, this is a new life, new journey. I was just really excited, very open-minded, optimistic, but it was a little nervous, too, because, you know, Delaware is, like, one of the, I think it's the second smallest states to, was it Rhode Island, I think, and then um, going all the way to California, like, that state is huge, definitely was a cultural shock for me, and, you know, I was living with my aunt thinking that, you know,
know she had my best interest. She was supportive and loving and caring. And I got the complete opposite. And that was very devastating. It was. What did you do for help? How did you reach out for help? Or did you not know? <sighs> the, the unfortunate part was um, I didn't really know anybody else to really talk to about it. Um, at the time, before I knew that the guy that I was dealing with was a narcissist, I would thought that I could confine in him for help, which I did. But, you know, he was a narc as well. So he was just kind of playing on my emotions and was just like feeding off of how I felt. And he loved the fact that I was miserable. So yeah. what happened now when you start dealing with this guy now and then realize he's no different, really? Yeah, it, that was that was hurtful. It, it was almost as if he was just playing with my emotions, playing with my feelings. And he just laughed. He he didn't care. He didn't love me. You know, he was just trying to control me as well, just like her. And um, like I said, initially, I met him on Twitter. And we built the relationship up slowly but surely. Um, narcissists, they do like to take their time, you know, um, ease their victims and survivors into the relationship. Um, but we built a bond, though. You know, we talked on the phone. We connected. And we met up a couple times, went out on dates and stuff. And I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I did felt I fell in love with him. Um, but I realized that he was reminding me just like my aunt, just controlling and manipulative and belittling me, criticizing me. Nothing that I ever did was good enough. And put me on a pedestal just to bring me back down, you know. So, um, yeah, it was it was a rough time for me. But now pain, yeah. now it has birthed something out of you. And what is yes. it that you do now? Yes, so um, I am a life coach, and I help people overcome narcissistic abuse. So I have uh, many different video and audio courses where I teach about, you know, recognizing the narcissist, how to move on from a narcissist, how to let go of a narcissist, how to overcome them, and, you know, also about building better boundaries, healthier boundaries um, with individuals, especially being an empath. Also, so not only the video and the audio courses, but also um, my 90-day coaching program where I guide uh, my clients on how to overcome narcissistic abuse. So, you know, if they're struggling with codependencies, if they're struggling with um, childhood traumas, depression, anxiety, stress, all of that stuff, you know, we just dive deep into that and just focus in on how they can overcome it, give them a, a blueprint, a roadmap on how to do it, let them know that it's it's possible, you know, and also work on their belief systems. Do they feel like they're worthy of love? Do they know that they deserve love? Or do they have self-esteem issues, self-value, you know, like what are their beliefs? What do they think of love and life? You know, we really work on that, change that you know, transform that so that way they can get the results that they're looking for, whether, you know, they want to be in another relationship, a healthier one, right? Or they just want to be successful in life, or maybe they want to help others overcome narcissistic abuse. So we really just dive deep into that during that um, coaching program. So then let me ask you a question, because some, some people may be listening, and I, I've spoken to people individually. I've had different series on toxic relationships with themselves, parent, and then, of course, with a spouse. And one of the things that they've shared with me is that people always say, why didn't you leave? Mm. Get up and leave. And they said it was never, ever that easy. Yes. One, one you lose a sense of who you are. You do. You lose your self-esteem self is already crushed. And so what are you going to do? So it's easier said on the outside, right? Because mm -hmm. we're not living it on the inside. Mm -hmm. So just viewing from the outside is like, so why not just leave? 
Right. It's always that easy to leave? No, it's not at all. Now, in my case, I felt as if I was kind of stuck, um, especially um, transitioning from Delaware to California and being so vulnerable in that moment of time, you know, dealing with that loss of my brother and, you know, my mom kind of going through it, my dad kind of going through it. And just me, myself, I, I was just frightened. I didn't know what to think. I know that death is a part of life, unfortunately, but I, I was thinking like, okay, I'm in California. My aunt's going to be supportive and loving and caring and there for me and understanding. But that's not what I got. And um, once I started to see the signs, I felt it. I didn't really know that I could leave as of yet. I was thinking like, okay, so I, th I think, when I was 19, she really started to show herself. I remember when I was that turned 19. And I was thinking, like, I need to move out. I need to get out of here. And so then I started thinking, like, well, maybe um, if I went to college, maybe I could stay on campus or maybe I could go and have roommates. And that's when I, I started to kind of, you know, think, like, maybe I could kind of leave. But in that moment, because I was so young and I didn't know she was a narc, I didn't know that I was trying to escape. Right, right, right. This is an uncomfortable situation, and I'm trying to find a way out. Right. Whatever it is. And I don't have finances, so I'm trying to figure it out. And I know, too, that I had to get a – I had to work two jobs. I had to save up my money so that way I had enough, like, to get the um the security deposit and all that stuff. And I had others, you know, they – with me so they was able to help pay the rent now in terms of the guy that I was dealing with um why I didn't leave when I should have or earlier is because I thought that he really did love me I didn't know what he was doing I, I thought like we were going to be together you know he, that narcissist future fake a lot of their victims so um I was thinking like oh yeah we're going to be together maybe he just needs me to have my own place and maybe I just need to you know have a better job and do better for myself and then maybe we'll be together and I didn't know that he was you know playing me all along and also I think the other thing too though one of the things that I um, always talk about on my YouTube channel is like I think the narcissist reminded me of my parents a little bit and so it made it comfortable for me to um kind of connect with him it, it was almost like a familiar familiar um familiarity with him Right. Um, so that's why I felt kind of safe being around him. And also too, because of living with my aunt for the five years, it was almost like she was kind of getting me ready to be abused by other narcissists. So you're already used to it. So you don't even think about trying to leave. You know what I mean? It just, it looks so, the same. It's the same pattern. It's the same. Like, right. Oh, what do I do? You're already familiar. Exactly. This, is, this is a norm. This is all I know. Yeah. You know, this is home, right? Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah. So question for you. Um, what are some of the red flags you would say that you've experienced that you can share with us and say, okay, these are things to look out for? Because even when we see them and it happens, we yes. it still pulls us back like, ah, maybe I'm just overthinking this or maybe that's just their personality. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm an introvert, they're an out, you know, and yeah, I'm with so many different excuses because of the situation that we're in. Like you said, maybe we feel we feel like we're in love and it's like, oh no, maybe I'm just think, overthinking this thing. But what are some of the common red flags? Yeah, so that's a great question. So usually like what I experienced was, you know, lacking empathy, um, you know, love bombing you. Um, they don't love you. They don't have the capability of loving you. Um, a lot of them 
kind of they want you to feel sorry for them they have that like the victim mentality um they will literally exploit you um just to get gain from um their victims and other people for their benefit they will exploit others just for their own benefit without any shame without any guilt whatsoever you know and um yeah, just, just no empathy. They also make you question your judgment a lot. They have a sense of entitlement over your life um, and the things that you do. Um, and they always blame you for everything. They blame you for everything. Nothing is ever their fault. You know, it's it's always you're the problem. You're the issue. And they always have this sense like they're better than other people. Like they deserve special treatment. They deserve special things um, just because like just because they're them and everybody else is beneath them. You know, that's um, some other signs you could recognize. You know, it's not. so funny because people think that as um, a sign of confidence. Maybe they're saying, I'm not a narcissist. I'm just confident in who I am. I, I just know that I am this and I know that I can do this and I know that. So some people say, well, they're just like overly confident. That doesn't mean that they're a narcissist. Right. Now, to me, it, it would just be like when a person is overly confident, but they're they are harming people, they're exploiting other people for their own gain, then that's when it can make them become a narcissist and you know, it's destructive, it's toxic, it's unhealthy. Like when you, if you are interacting with another person and you're making them feel low about themselves, you're hurting them, you're saying things that are mean and destructive and can mess them up, whether it's psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, and you know, you're doing it, you know what you're doing, then that you're a narcissist and then, you know, you're being destructive to that person. Thank you for clarifying that. I just wanted, I, I, I figured that's where you were going to go, but yes. <laughs> they're like, okay, well, um, making me feel like I'm a narcissist. Oh no. So I'm, so it's okay for me to be confident. And well, yeah, it's like, it's nothing wrong with being confident, but it's just like when you're doing it in a way where you're trying to make other people feel low and you're yes, doing it in a yes, way where it's like, yes. oh, I'm better than everybody else. And other, you, other people are just beneath me. It's like, you can like know that you're, you're beautiful, you're you're sexy, you're the ish, right? But it doesn't have to be in a way where you're putting other people down. Like, why do you have to put other people down so that you feel better? Like, if you're confident, it'll just show. You don't have to say, like, yeah, I'm this, I'm that. Girl, I, I, just I've, met you. I've met a few. <laughs> you know? <laughs> While we're talking here, I'm like, oh, ooh, let me check the list right now. <laughs> Now, if you're listening and you're you're in my friend group, and I'll <laughs> you're safe, okay? <laughs> Let me just put that out there for all my listeners who, who know that I've classified you as a friend. You are safe, honey. You are safe. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad you can um, laugh and smile about this, but I'm sure going through it was um, a lot to endure. And I yes, um, certainly applaud you for what you are doing now. How long have you been doing this? Um, yeah, I've been helping people overcome narcissistic abuse since 2016. Wow. Good. Yes. Good. And have you, have, what have the reviews been like? How have these people moved on with their lives? Yeah. So actually, um, one of my clients, he, I coached him, it was probably been like three years ago. And um, he is an entrepreneur now. He has a skincare business. I actually have one of his products in my room, but um, he actually sent it to me recently. But um, he's, you know, he's moved on. He's successful. He's happy now. 
and other people that I've coached, you know, they're like, thank you so much. You know, you really helped me heal. You helped me to understand and become aware and discover what it means to, you know, deal with a narcissist, how I can, you know, recognize one and move on and, you know, be happy and, you know, maybe in the future meet someone else. But it's like this experience doesn't have to define the rest of my life. Because I used to think that too. I'm like, oh my God, like I've been abused. Like, is this it? Is this my life? And I was thinking like, I was just so young at that time. And I was like, I don't want this to be the end. Like, this is not the end of my life. You know, it's like God didn't put me through this for no good reasons. Like it had to be for a purpose. So I'm glad you said that because a lot of people will think that after you've been through any form of abusive relationship, any form of toxic relationship uh, of any sort. Mm -hmm. um, and, and surprisingly, we have Narcissist not just only in one place. You could have it on your uh, place of employment. You yes. could have it in your church. You could have it in your very home. And yes. the, in an individual personal relationship with someone that has these tendencies. And for a lot of times, people think that after you've been through these things, it's like, that's it for me. What else right. is there, right? Mm -hmm. So it's good to hear uh, that feedback from you. You yourself are a living testimony of it. I'm speaking to yes. you. <laughs> There's so much joy. <laughs> Denise, did I, did I say earlier that your middle name is Denise? Okay. Yes, you did. <laughs> but definitely, um, you know, um, you are testimony to the fact that there is life after um, being in a relation, an abusive relationship. And the abuse doesn't necessarily always have to be physical abuse. Right. Right. right, and a lot of people um, tend to forget that abuse is abuse, no matter what. No matter what, and I always think no too what. that, um, like mental, verbal, and emotional, psychological abuse is way worse than physical abuse because the the bruises, the scars, that can all go away, but the mental, emotional, psychological that doesn't go away. You know, it, you have to hold you heal that. Yeah, it can hold you captive. Yes, it can. It can hold yes, you captive. Can. Mm -hmm. what was it for you that was the wake-up call what was it for you that said enough is enough that's yes. it I have to apart from the fact that okay you gotta leave gotta get gotta go to college you share that about your aunt what was it for in the other relationship like so I just realized like I was not happy and I wasn't getting anything out of it like I wasn't you know he wasn't taking me out we wasn't spending time together. And I'm just like, well, I've known this guy for four years. I'm not his girlfriend. I never met any of his, like, significant family members, none of his, like, really close friends. I'm like, so what's the point of us having this connection, right? I'm not doing anything with you. And the other thing what got me to be done and over with, I finally went no contact, was when, when I first met him, he told me he was single. Now, narcissists are pathological liars. So they literally, anything and everything that comes out of their mouth is a lie. Mm -hmm. um, but when I first met him, he told me he was single, but he ended up having a girlfriend. And then he finally admitted it. But all this time I've been knowing him, he was future faking me saying, yeah, we're going to be together. You know, I see myself being with someone like you. Meanwhile, he already has a girlfriend, right? But when the time when I finally um, got my own apartment, um, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, you know, um, i like for you to come over because I seen him as a mentor. I saw him as someone that was, you know, a buddy, uh, a good friend, someone that I could look up to, right? Uh-huh. Um, but long and behold, you know, I invited him to come over. He's like, yeah, I'll let you know. And so I went on Facebook and it said in a relationship. 
Oh. And I was like, okay, he's not talking about me. This is literally after we got off the phone, though. <laughs> after we got off the phone, he put in a relationship. And I'm like, he didn't ask me to be his girlfriend. So he's obviously not talking about me. And so what happened was, I think it was like a week later, um, he reached out to me. He was like, hey, Joy, so like, um, I want to um, come by. I'm going to be in the area. Are you going to be there? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be here. But I said, I don't know if I want you to come. And long story short, you know, I just cut it, cut it off. And, you know, he was kind of giving me the runaround. And I'm like, no, this is not working out, you know. And then after I finally cut him off, um, a week after that, he posts a picture of this girl that he was with, which I thought she was new, but I think he was with her all along. So it's kind of like he was leading me on all of that time and wanted to break my heart. He wanted to let me down. A lot of narcissists are like that. Um, but that's when I was just like, you know what? This is, I can't do this anymore. I was like, this yeah. is it. Wow. I'm glad you, I'm glad you were able to walk away. Unfortunately, there's some who are still in this kind of relationship and they're not able to walk away at least. And it goes on to the point where they just settle. And mm -hmm. so, you know, glad you're one of those and now helping others to identify, to become even more aware and to find ways how to heal. You said something that I, I want you to talk about, and that is that you said no contact. Yes. So that important in order to develop, to get through this journey of healing with um, dealing with narcissists. Yes. No contact is extremely important because... Um, the narcissist will try to contact you during your period of time when you say, okay, I'm done. Um, they usually do that just to test the waters, to see if you really moved on, to see if maybe if you missed them, if you're pining for them in any way, um, to see if they can get back the power and control over the relationship and bring you back into that toxic cycle. Um, but one of the things that really helped me was just to understand what I was dealing with, you know, as a doing diligent research and, you know, reaching out to others that have gone through it. And also, um, I did speak to someone, um, I guess she was like a counselor, but she didn't really specialize in narcissistic abuse. So that was like the only thing I wish I would have done, or I wish I had a coaching program like I had. So it would have been a lot easier for me to, um, heal and recover quicker. But, um, yeah, the no contact is really extremely important. It could, you know, if you're like, maybe you break no contact and you reach out to the narc in a, a point of loneliness or desperation or something, you could really delay your healing process and you could really be missing out on maybe someone else that could be even better for you, or you could be missing out on, you know, things, better things in your life that's coming towards you. But since maybe you're still trying to reach out to the narc, then you're stopping yourself. You're blocking your own success, you know, right. but um, it, it's definitely important to go no contact with the narcissist. Right. I can see that because you're willing yourself right back into that roller coaster. Find yourself either going back in because for many reasons, right? It could be that codependency. It could yes. be that uh, aspect of insecurity, right? Yes. Or maybe financial, um, help right depending yes. on what the relationship was about to right. begin with mm -hmm. so what do you say to someone now that's dealing with it because at the end of my show i'd like to have what i call a call to action right yes and a call to action um is where i just speak to the audience and i say hey this is the takeaway from today's topic mm -hmm. what would be a call to action for someone who's dealing with someone who has narcissistic behavior 
And let's say they're there because we talk about even before we jump to that. Yes. If someone's married, right? You married mm. an individual who's been married for so many years. Mm-hmm. I can't just get up and walk away, girl. No, it's not that easy. Yeah. It's not that easy, right? I have children. I right. can't get up and walk away. And not narcissistic doesn't always have to be the male doing it. It's the female, correct. You're right. It's also a female. Correct. What are the differences between a female narcissist and a male narcissist in a relationship of that sort? So, to be honest, they're very similar. Um, Just the females are a little bit more dramatic. Um, They like drama. um, And they're very competitive, uh, very envious and jealous. And they will try to control their partners financially, you know, uh, whether... They are the ones that are, you know, the breadwinners or they're controlling their partners, making sure they don't spend money on certain things. And they also try to uh, ruin relationships. Yes, the female narcissists, they are extremely controlling. Um, very, they call it the, the Jezebel spirit. Very devious and um, very cruel, vengeful and mean um, and cunning. Just like the male narc, it's just it's a, in a female body pretty much. Very so similar. Pretty much similar. They're pretty much similar, yep. But to me, honestly, I think a female narcissist are worse because females are, you know, people kind of idolize them more, I think. Or And it's like they also are like the ones that are in control of the children. So if mm-hmm. they spread that toxic, unhealthy, destructive energy to their children, then their children are going to grow up and behave that way to um others you know right because they kind of know a learned behavior and what was it like for you to what made you get to this place where you say you know what i want to share my story because i'm a firm believer i say this all the time on my platform (laughs) and people are probably tired of hearing it but i learned this from maya angelo right you know it's like what good to have this story inside of you you know and so for me i believe that there's therapeutic value in shared stories now Mm -hmm when you share it, how you share it, with whom you share it. Um, it's a process and it's something you have to think about, right? right. Uh, and how much do you share? Again, it's also something that you have to think about. But right. at the end of the day, there is therapeutic value in it because right. you'll be surprised to know that the woman that's sitting next to you, the sister that's sitting next to you is dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with. She dresses it up. She looks okay, but she's dealing with it. But not having that confidence to share in a safe space um, sometimes make you hold on to things and you start to struggle and deal with things on your own when there's other persons out there that you can connect with and share. What was it like for you after you've been through one after the other? When did you decide, hey, I'm okay to share or I want to share? Well, um, that's a really good question. I just felt, again, after, you know, I went no contact with the male narc. I went no contact with my aunt that was a narc. Until I didn't mention, um, I actually dated a borderline um, for four months. So after I got done dealing with him, um, I was like, you know what? I'm really hurting. I'm really sad. And I don't know who to talk to. I don't know where to go. And, you know, I just need to speak about what I went through, you know? Right. And But to be honest, I was just humiliated. I didn't know how people was going to react. I felt like people was going to judge me, but I was like, you know what? It does not even matter at this point. I said, if I can just help someone else heal and 
you know, be an inspiration and a motivation to someone else, then that would help me to feel better. And it actually did. It actually worked out for the best. And I'm happy I started um, talking about my experience uh, with narcissistic abuse. And what's interesting, um, I know the, the two videos that I did, one was called um, My Experience with a Narcissist. And then I did another one called um, uh, My Experience with a Female Narc. And then there was a third video that I did called The Narcissist Has a New Girlfriend Slash New Supply. Now, that video had about, I think it was like 10,000 views and 60 comments within like a two-week period. Um, and that shocked me. I was just like, okay, so people care about it. People was interested and people said like, oh my gosh, Joy, thank you so much for your strength. I love you so wow. much. Thank you. You've helped me heal. You helped me to understand this. And I'm like okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Thank you, God. Yeah. <laughs> because yep. I was like, this did not this happen for no reason. It's like, this not at all. Listen, you know? everything you go through, the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between, it's all for a purpose. Right. And on th that's why I was saying earlier that there's therapeutic value in shared stories, right? And so I applaud you for sharing. I applaud you for allowing yourself to heal through this process. And now you're healing so many. I mean, I took a quick glance at your YouTube channel and I'm like, girl, you have 2.6 <laughs> Yes, I'm trying to get 5,000. <laughs> That's my goal. <laughs> you put me to shame. Really? 23 subscribers. I mean, you know what? I appreciate my 23. <laughs> so like I said, Joy, at the end of my uh, recordings, I like to have what I call a call to action, right? Yeah. So there may be someone who's listening who may be going through right now that experience in those kind of relationship on whichever level, as well as they may know of someone uh, that they may, you know, it appears to them that that person's in that kind of a relationship and they don't know how to help. Right. So speak to both audiences today from that perspective. Someone who's in it, what do they do? And then someone yeah. they know of someone how do they help without causing yes. additional harm? Yeah, so um, so for the person that's in it, one of the things that I would say is, you know, trust your intuition. Um, really seek support, you know, um, an assistant from trusted people. Don't be afraid or don't be don't feel ashamed or scared. Um, you know, make a plan to leave, never tell, you know, whoever you're dealing with that's toxic, whether it's a narcissist or anyone else that you're leaving because they're going to try to stop you. Mm. Um, you know, forgive yourself, forgive the person that, you know, that's hurt you, that's betrayed you, you know, in any way, um, heal for as long as you need to, but don't, you know, make it your whole life, you know, healing and, you know, trying to recover. You want to make it be where it's like a time period, you know, so that way you can eventually move on, right? Okay. Also, um, don't date for a while either. Don't try to do, you know, rebound, revenge, you know, please don't do that because you're only going to have um, and bring on bad karma and you're also going to be hurting an innocent person and even hurting yourself as well. Um, and really just begin to focus on yourself, um, focus on your own life, your goals and things that, you know, that's important. Like you're important focus on your responsibilities and if you're a person that knows someone that's in it i wouldn't say intrude on their situation because you're only going to come off as being like overly protective or overly mm -hmm. like interested okay. you know 
So only, you know, give advice or um, share information or give help unless they ask. That's one of the things that I learned because you never just want to be like, hey, I know what's going on in your relationship. You should do this. You should do that. Don't do that unless they ask you. That's my personal opinion. Can you just give us a little bit information more about the program that you offer and how can we reach you? I do four-week sessions. I do eight-week sessions. Um, but one of the most um, popular um, sessions that I have is it's a 90-day coaching program where I help people overcome narcissistic abuse, my clients. And usually what happens during that period of time is the first month is we talk about what happened. We gain clarity and awareness on the situation. We discover everything that happened, right? The second month we talk about, you know, how to take action. It's a blueprint on how we can overcome, you know, whatever it is that you are dealing with in regards to narcissistic abuse. So whether you're struggling with codependency issues, confidence issues, depression, anxiety, PTSD, childhood trauma, different triggers, and whether it's your thought patterns, your beliefs about yourself, you know, we focus on that and we write down and we talk it out together on how we're going to be able to overcome this, right? And we stick to it, we commit to it. We're dedicated because we know that we deserve better. Then the third month, we actually put in the work and we get that transformation. We get the results that we are wanting, you know? So whether, again, you want to be happier, you want to live a emotionally fulfilling life, or you want to be in a new relationship, you want to be successful, or maybe you want to help other people overcome narcissistic abuse. Whatever it is that your goal is, whatever it is that you want, we will work on that and help you to get that action and results. Oh, great. That's great. Yes. And how do we get in touch with you? Yes. So um, I have a website. It's called um, www.livenarkfree.com. And I'm on all social media platforms. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all at Live Narc Free. That's easy. <laughs> I live Narc Free. Can't, can't miss it. Oh, my gosh. But you are indeed a joy. You Thank are you indeed a joy. <clears throat> I love having you on. I appreciate you coming. And ladies, I hope you uh, take something away from this conversation. Once again, it is my intent to my prayer and my hope to always bring you content that is relatable, things that you can actually identify with. And please send me an email, for real, for real, for real. The website, <laughs> the, page, the email is... <laughs> w2wpodcastshow at gmail.com if there's something you would like or visit the website and um, just send you know give us a review as well and let me know if there's more that you would like Joy to talk about she's willing to come back and go into a little bit more detail you can learn more about her product as well as listen if you are really interested and you have listened to this show this episode you can then contact her and we'll be using the code. And that code, you never know what that could do for you. Maybe there's a discount. Just reach out to her, okay? So that's Joy Larkin, but more importantly, live dark free. Thank you, Joy, for coming. I really appreciate it. Oh my goodness, I, <laughs> I love you, girl. Love you too. <laughs>